0: PCI DSS version 3.0 will be released November 7th. And here, Bob Russo, General Manager, and Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer of the PCI Security Standards Council, discuss exactly what the industry can expect when this new data security standard takes effect in January 2014. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Bob and Troy, the community meeting in Europe just ramped up. This is the last community meeting to be held before the official issuance of the standards update November 7th. Were there any updates from this particular meeting worth sharing as an update to our last conversation about the PCI Security Data Standard?
1: This was the second of three meetings this year. Also, the first time that we're hosting a uh, community meet in Asia-Pac in Kuala Lumpur at the end of this month. Certainly, the meetings are a critical forum for the community to come together and discuss the new standards, uh, as well as share some of the best practices and the lessons learned, you know, from their communities and what their security efforts are as well. So at this point in the game, we've had several rounds of feedback with the community, as you know. So updates made to the standards based on those discussions were fairly minor, mostly in terms of clarifications around the language that we're seeing. You know, we've had already close to 1,700 people at these meetings
0: and so, Bob, what would you say are some of the biggest changes that are being made to version 3.0 based on feedback that you've gathered during and since all of the community meetings?
1: A few areas that we were tweaking according to the input at the community meetings, for example, a PCI DSS requirement 8.5.1, which was added to ensure that the service providers with access to customer environments are using a unique authentication Credentials such as a password or a passphrase for each particular customer, and this is specifically to address scenarios where the vendor supports multiple merchants, uh, and the compromise of credentials at one customer results in the compromise of all the customers, you know, that are on the same device, which we've seen happen you know, over the years. So feedback we received, you know, indicated that there was confusion as to really who this applies to. So we added language to clarify that this is for service providers with remote access customers, um, you know, on-premises. And uh, another area that we saw was in reference to volatile memory. Uh, we initially proposed a new PCI DSS requirement to address memory scraping but due to the input that we received on this we reference it now in 6.5 and we incorporated this stuff into the PADSS specifically to the training for developers and secure development lifecycle guidance another hot topic in the uh, updates is the PCI DSS requirement 9.9 regarding point-of-sale security so we got input that uh, we need to clarify which devices this applies to. So we added language to indicate this applies to devices that capture payment card data via direct physical interaction uh, with the card, um, you know, to make sure that it's not being tampered with or somebody substituting a device. So you can see that these are fairly minor changes uh, because, again, you know, these meetings come at the very end of a long three-year life cycle process for collecting feedback.
0: Now, when we spoke in August, we talked about a number of changes, including those related to the retail network and point-of-sale security issues, Bob, that you just talked about. And, of course, these issues are hot right now because we've had so many malware attacks that have compromised card data and other sensitive PII. Are there any new updates to share here beyond what you've already talked about that relate to what merchants might expect?
1: You know, you've reported a lot of challenges uh, with skimming and compromises happening at the point-of-sale. So, you know, I don't have to tell you how important securing these devices is in response to a lot of these challenges, you know, as I said earlier, we added uh, a new requirement to the DSS 9.9, uh, and this requirement applies to card reading devices that are used in card present transactions. So, you know, that's to say either a card swipe or a dip at the point of sale, not to the entire POS system, and we talked a lot about version 3.0 of the PCI DSS emphasizing education and awareness, and that's really the focus of this particular requirement, helping build awareness among frontline employees, you know, so there are basically three elements. A lot of this information is carried in skimming documents that we have on our website as well, but you know, incorporating this so that every one of the employees knows. As an example, keep an inventory of the devices uh, that you have in the store. Conduct periodic inspections uh, for tampering. So, for example, you know, uh, addition of card skimmers to devices, you know, are, are pretty easily detectable if you've got a picture of the device. Uh, another example would be checking stickers or physical markings. Uh, on the device and the frequency of these inspections certainly can vary and and is basically decided by each one of the merchants Uh, and most important again educate those frontline people to notice any kind of suspicious behavior we're coming into the Christmas season now you know the merchants are gonna be hiring lots and lots of college kids and high school kids and you know you want to know how to report suspicious behavior, who to report it to, and have a process for them to follow, you know, to be escalated so that this stuff can be investigated.
0: Bob, I'm going to go back to something that you talked about earlier, and that is the updates that include new requirements for service providers with remote access and the need for unique authentication credentials for each customer. This particular update also requires the implementation of penetration testing. Can you give a little more background about that?
2: Well, oh, I'll take that one, Tracy. This is Troy Leach. You know, the changes you note are a couple of the key updates that we have with version 3 made again as Bob pointed out based on the feedback we received from the industry and what we're seeing in terms of compromises. So there's this growing dependency on third parties and business process with forensic data showing that approximately 90% of compromises over the past few years have involved integrity of that third party relationship as part of the breach. So one example of service provider requirements is the PCI DSS requirement 851. That one requires that service providers use a different authentication credential for each of their customers, and that helps to avoid the potential compromise of multiple customers using one set of credentials. This is a change as part of our focus on improving the security across the payment chain by helping those type of entities better understand the PCI responsibilities, even if they're not part of the merchant of record. So you'll also note that in this new version of the standard we have penetration testing updates and now pen testing has always been required but this is an area that we received a lot of feedback on requesting more clarity or guidance on how to perform a pen test and we've also expanded 11.3 to include more information about uh, what type of methodology you should use and added a requirement to validate segmentation as adequate. We've seen many breaches over the past few years where an entity made some assumptions about limiting their scope for protecting cardholder data, but never tested the legitimacy of those network boundaries. This new requirement is going to have the ask of demonstrative evidence to show that there's a clear demarcation for what should be considered part of their cardholder data environment.
0: As we've noted for the last several months, this will be the first update to the PCI data security standard as well as the payment application data security standard since 2010. Are there concerns among processors, merchants, and banking institutions about complying or conforming with these updates?
1: Uh, Yeah, Tracy. So there are significant changes with uh, version 3.0 that really will impact organizations' security programs, and we hope certainly make them stronger payment card security, uh, make for uh, stronger payment card security in their organizations. But what we find typically uh, is that the majority of organizations are already doing most of these things, and if not that's part of the design of the standards to update the life cycle we put the standard out but it doesn't become effective until 2014 and then there's a full year before the previous versions retired so this gives companies time to familiarize themselves with the new requirements and make any kind of adjustments to their programs based on their business environments and whatever their security strategies are So, based on the feedback we've gotten so far, generally, organizations are pretty pleased with the updates. Uh, You know, they realize some are going to require more effort than others, but the changes, uh, you know, are coming as a response to security challenges that are out there.
0: How has the way organizations view PCI compliance changed in the last three years? And when I say that, I guess I'm asking, do you see organizations focusing more on security, as they should, rather than mere compliance?
1: You know, certainly we've come a long way from where we started in 2006. By and large, organizations recognize the importance and the value of PCI DSS in providing a strong baseline for supporting their payment card data security. But, you know, we're still seeing challenges when it comes to maintaining PCI DSS between the assessments, and that's what these changes are primarily designed to help drive payment security as, you know, everyday business practices or business as usual, and we think providing more education and greater flexibility and building awareness with both internal parties and external business partners are the key components of this.
0: The new guidelines expand compliance to include third parties, as you noted earlier in the call, Bob. What kind of data should organizations be collecting from these external systems to show compliance?
2: Well we've always talked about security as a shared responsibility and in this version of the standard we focused on how to educate third parties and the role that they play in protecting payment card data. You know the changes introduced in requirement 12, those are focused on helping merchant and service providers both understand what their responsibilities are when it comes to the PCI DSS. So for example in 12.82. It requires organizations to have a written agreement that includes an acknowledgement that the service provider, what responsibilities they have for securing cardholder data and that service providers possess, process or store that information and what they have to expect as a customer of that relationship. We actually have a special interest group that is made up of merchants, service providers, and other security professionals that are devoted to the topic of third-party security insurance. In fact, many of the updates that we made were incorporated from their project. And we'll be putting out additional guidance on that particular topic in early 2014.
0: And then what about mobile malware or other mobile security challenges surrounding BYOD? Does version 3.0 address mobile issues? Well, the PCI
2: DSS applies to mobile devices if they are used as part of the cardholder data environment. For example, if they're used for payment acceptance. The fact is that many consumer mobile devices simply can't provide the level of security needed to adequately protect payment card data. In other words, they can't create a trusted environment equivalent to a PCI DSS compliant uh, environment. So, we're working with others in the industry including standards bodies and vendors, banks, processors Uh, but we are unwilling to lower the bar for security by writing the standard to meet the current security status of consumer mobile devices. We're very encouraged by the progress we're seeing in the past two years in the means of how to secure consumer-grade devices, But if we wrote a security standard now for mobile uh, with the expected level of trust and integrity for a financial transaction I don't believe no consumer device would be able to meet it. Uh, Rather uh, we've created best practices and guidance that have already been released and we're seeing a movement to improve security in the next generation of consumer devices which we hope uh, will ultimately lead to the level of trust that the industry has been accustomed to when it comes to payment card security. And to finish answering your question, the consumer side of mobile, for example, the NFCs, the e-wallets, and consumer side use of mobile falls outside the council's focus area along with uh, the corporate enterprise issues around bring your own device to work uh, type of uh, processes. But we do partner with other standard bodies that focus on those areas to see whether the same technology can be a dual purpose of securing mobile acceptance as well.
0: And so what are your greatest concerns as they relate to card security in the coming months and years? One of my
2: concerns is organizations becoming too technology-focused and assuming that one silver bullet layered over the environment will satisfy all of the organization's security needs. With so many new ways to accept payments, we just talked about mobile, and some of the complexity that comes inherently with that, Organizations should recognize that attack surfaces become larger unless they identify ways to limit where and how the cardholder data is accessible. Also, as we've mentioned, I think another area of concern is that growing dependency on third parties. We've already seen service providers and aggregation of cardholder data as a primary target for criminals and as we continue to leverage technologies like cloud and um, expand e-commerce and mobile environments, the attack surface is only going to increase. So looking to the future, we must recognize that the organizations that are being attacked and the organized crime rings that are attacking them, they have a very good understanding of how payment card transactions work and they will continue to explore new ways to compromise those environments and those systems, especially in the unattended space such as ATMs and fuel dispensers and and other types of systems like that. So changes made to both the PCI DSS and PADSS will encourage organizations to promote training and education for both the internal development teams as well as third-party relationships and and their responsibility to protect uh, their customers, which end up being the merchant of record.
0: Is the migration to EMV in the U.S. stirring up new concerns or worries about an uptick in card-not-present fraud globally?
2: Well, that certainly has been a hot topic of conversation. In fact, uh, we just had uh, several uh, presentations at our community meetings on on that particular topic. So there is a concern as we migrate to chip cards in the United States. Uh, The industry is being very diligent and investigating ways to minimize both the exposure of cardholder data in EMV transactions and how to secure a card not present. Also, as history has shown in other regions, we can expect a spike in compromises in the face-to-face environment as the window of opportunity closes pre-migration. So as we move to EMV, uh, there's multi-channel retailers that need to be very considerate of the entire payment infrastructure, and not just the brick and mortar for EMV face-to-face and transactions, but also realize that there's a need to protect and be responsible for e-commerce environments and other card not present environments as well.
0: Troy, you touched on this just a bit, but I'd like to elaborate here. What about anticipated upticks and skimming attacks and other mag-strike compromises, which may result from a network breach? How are you educating organizations, if at all, about the industry's anticipation that we can see these threats increase during the months between now and when the full EMV rollout in the U.S. takes place?
2: You know, education is a key theme for us, both within the standard and our other activity. Uh, we're encouraging merchants to continue to build a strong card transaction security program using the PCI standards, which collectively offers the best protection of cardholder data across all payment channels. And as part of that, we do have best practices on skimming prevention, which would address some of these issues, best practices for ATMs, which also has a broad applicability to other types of point-of-sale systems, and also information supplements on how to do penetration testing and prevent. of of network breaches so this boils down to both the education that's within the standard itself and the requirements of due diligence as well as providing additional guidance to the industry for particular types of, of payment acceptance
0: now just to switch gears here a bit I'd like to talk some about the QSA program an emphasis has been placed on physical device security what will the QSA need to focus on differently for physical security
2: The testing procedures require that the QSA examine documented policies and procedures to verify they include things like maintaining a list of devices, periodically inspecting devices to look for tampering or substitution, training the personnel to be aware of the suspicious behavior and report tampering or substitution of those devices and and be aware of these common sense attacks that, that may take place. It also includes examining the list of devices, as well as reviewing the training material and interviewing the personnel to ensure that they're aware of the policies and have undergone the appropriate types of trainings we mentioned.
0: So there's been a lot of discussion that also has revolved around moving toward a more business-as-usual monitoring standard or practice to ensure ongoing compliance and, of course, ongoing security. How can QSAs get involved to help customers achieve this?
1: You know, as we've said, helping organizations make payment security part of their everyday business practices is really the driving force behind the updates and as we said earlier we've seen really vast improvements in organizations understanding and and adopting the DSS since the standard was first introduced you know changes made to a company's environment or are other factors, you know, they uh, merge with another company, and these things often result in, in them not maintaining their security controls to the same level uh, as they were initially validated to. Uh, so as business partners, the QSAs really play an important role uh, in helping ensure that organizations are doing what they need to do, and, and not just to meet the assessment, but to be secure. And we encourage all the QSAs and merchant organizations both to take advantage of the navigating PCI DSS guidance that was added into the standard as that extra column so that they are uh, on the same page about the intent of what the requirement is and, more importantly, what the security goal is.
0: And so, Bob and Troy, before we close, are there any final thoughts about the update that you'd like our audience to know about?
1: Let me just give everybody a quick reminder on what the timeline is Version 3.0 is available now, but will not become effective until January 1st of 2014, as we've said. Next year is a really a, a market implementation year, so we encourage everyone to review and become familiar with the new standards before their required assessments are due. Uh, but certainly, don't wait until the last minute. The sooner an organization can review it and plan for all the necessary changes, the better position they're going to be in when it comes to their first assessment uh, with version 3.0.
0: Again, we've just heard from Bob Russo and Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.